0: If uh, <clears throat> anyone who's known me for a while knows that I base virtually everything that I do, um, it, the foundation of something has to be in agreement. The foundation of our walk with God has to be founded upon something. And many people, um, they found their, their Christianity is founded upon, say, a simple, you know, the gospel story they heard initially or the experience that they had following that. The subs, like the subsequent experiences that followed that, and um, at that point they they've heard the gospel, they have an experience, and then they move on. The next thing is logically, I need to go to a church. I need to be um, <clears throat> joined to a body, joined to a group, some level of accountability, and uh, at that point they usually turn over their um, the spiritual responsibilities of their of their lives to a, uh, some, some person in leadership. And from there, um, they continue on in their Christian life. They maybe join a small group, join, um, you know, uh, a Bible study, a cell group <clears throat> of something like that. And, uh, off they go. And, uh, that's all fine. That, that there's not, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but like i say if anyone uh knows me you're going to you're going to uh, very quickly find out that our relationship with god is based upon a covenant i mean it is based upon a covenant so like if you look at the christian life um you can have um all of these things that interact or all of these things that connect together and someone you could focus on them. I see it like a hub and spokes in a rim <clears throat> to me. It's a great analogy of many things. And, um, so, uh, Christianity, as we know it for the most part, it's a lot of em- emphasis is on the spokes, a lot of emphasis on the spokes and kind of, you have this big ring around the outside and that ring represents, let's just say, the quote, the, the church, the mainstream church, the known church, the active church, uh, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> and um, then there's these different avenues and different hubs or different spokes that head back towards something. And there's this idea that it's connected to something bigger. To something in, in in most cases it's ideas it's connected to god and so you have this ring and you have these spokes that kind of move towards a center or move towards a purpose or move towards heaven whatever um, whatever the person views it as and that that's their christianity and it and it has a very um uh it has a very uh sort of fractured approach there's uh prayers over here this and 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 you know bible study is here and uh small groups are here and when we do these different things sunday morning is here and these are kind of these are kind of spokes that kind of come out from our church and we hope they head to god we we desire them to head to god we want them to head to god we certainly act as though they're heading to god and um that's That's church. It's important though, um, and I say this very respectfully, um, that that Jesus didn't um, the emphasis that the believer should walk in is the kingdom of God, not church. We've substituted the kingdom for church. In other words, you can go to a church, you can go to a church for 20 years, and you can view that church as sort of the landing pad, the, you know, the center of your faith. Your faith is centered in your church, it's centered in what you're doing there, it's centered in, you know, the activities that are taking place in the church. And it's sort of like your world is... You know, the ring, and then you come back, and the hub of your Christian life, the center, the hub of it, is actually the church. And you've substituted um, the 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 God on high, the kingdom of god and and in its place is church. and worse, Is is that church structure is very vulnerable We've made it vulnerable Without even knowing it There's many things that can happen That can make the church Extremely vulnerable Uh, One of those areas, of course Is the most obvious one Is the church's association As a non-profit or not-for-profit organization So Though common, <laughs> every church does that. Um, it it is it has been a it's been a millstone around the church's neck. I, um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting I'm not getting to get into a, uh, um, um, a big discussion on this. But I just want to point out a couple of the obvious things that jump out. Um, I was piecing this together a number of years ago. Let me. I'll tell the backstory. It's just a little side road. It only take a little bit. So a number of years ago, um, my uh my Christian book collection became crazy. I mean, just it was it was crazy. I mean, our children's our children's bedrooms had books from the floor to the ceiling. I would take a wall. They were little, they weren't in there very much anyway, so I didn't see much harm in it. And, um, I would, uh, I would have books on a wall, uh, on frames from the floor to the ceiling, an entire wall of children of, of my boy's rooms would be books. Um, and, uh, I walked in there one day and, and I, I just felt, um, I, I knew that I was probably, these are books that I had, that I had read and studied and, and looked at, um, years prior. I kind of, the Lord had been moving me in a specific direction and I had, I had moved away from not, not the teaching in those books, just into, you know, deeper studies, let's just call it that. And, um, so I felt the, I felt the, uh, I had the idea that, you know what, I should get rid of them, give them away, sell them, sell them really cheaply, whatever. And so, um, a friend of mine, uh, not too far from here, he had a, a, small little, just a little hole in the wall Christian, used Christian bookstore. And I thought, you know what, that would be a neat thing to have. I would, uh, you know, open it up and, and just a small, just a little hole in the wall and, uh people could donate books or I could, you know, and it would take me a few years to sell off my excess. Anyway, uh, so he told me what he had done is he had, uh, he had applied for -for not-for-profit status, that it was basically like a mission. It was like a, it was like a book mission. I thought, well, okay, that's great. I'd heard that term, not-for-profit or non-profit or charitable donation, whatever. And, uh, So, um, I sent away to the government and applied for, or didn't apply. They send you a package. They send you a not-for-profit package and uh, it came and, and this is, this is 20 years ago. And, um, so I get this package and I open it up and there's a bunch of forms and stuff you have to fill out and. I'm reading down through the you know, it's basically an application and I'm like as I'm reading this application, I'm like now I'd been in I'd been in churches for about ten years at that time. And as I'm reading um and I'd been to a wide variety of churches because the Lord had led me in um I I like to know the broad, the big picture. So I had uh I didn't just Though I was a part of a church, I would off, I would visit lots of other churches and knew a lot of the pastors in our city and and uh, so I um, was reading down through this and this this not for profit application and I realized, wow, that that's exactly how churches are run. I'm like like hang on a second here. That's exactly there was kind of ten major points. 10 major areas that you had to fill out and define and and specify and and there was conditions with this and there was and I'm like that's church and it was at that point I realized that our church structure as we kind of know it had been designed is designed to stay within the parameters to stay within the uh, confines if you will of their not-for-profit status. And uh, I was alarmed by that. I was alarmed by that. Even one thing included where they had to, uh, you know, an annual meeting, an annual budget meeting or whatever, and it had to be open to the public or to the members of the congregation, and they go through the books and all that. And I'm like, I'm trying to picture myself doing that, right? It's a little book, little little tiny hole in the wall bookstore. And then I as I'm reading through it, I'm saying, Well, that's I, I I've gone to those. And it was always presented to me as, you know, this church is an open book, you know, where's where no secrets here. This is where the money went, and this is where And I'm like, they have to do that. They have to do that. And I became Concerned by this, obviously, I didn't apply for it. I I ended up opening. uh, I ended up having book sales. I didn't uh, open a store. I would uh, have sales, and but I was I I was intrigued by it, so I looked a little deeper into it and um, realized the um, the incredible millstone that uh, the church's affiliation and association with the government and having to declare everything to the government, declare the giving, declare everything. And then, you know, you add to that the coupling of that where I had I had learned, I'd been very early on, a uh, fortunate, uh, wonderful Christian co- couple that had mentored me the first year and a half after I got saved. They had always emphasized, never, never announce where you gave or... You know, never you give in secret. I mean you give in secret. And then I realized that, you know, the church is you um, I don't have a money issue with the church. You gotta gotta understand that. That's not where that's not where I'm coming from. But I must come from I'm coming from the idea that you take your money and you put it in an envelope, you write all your information on it, and then you give it to the church, and then they have to give all of that information, all of those totals and everything. They have to pre, they have to put that together. And they have to give that to the government, and I mean, doesn't the verse that came to my mind is "Give unto God what is God's, and give unto Caesar what is Caesar's." And Jesus said, you know, if you acknowledge it, if you, if you give, and your and and that give is giving is knowing that you should give in secret. If that giving is knowing, you've received your reward in full. But give in secret, and God who sees in secret will reward you openly. And I'm thinking. Well, that would explain a lot of the hardship financially in the church, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, um, um, we've been fortunate. God is incredi- taking care of us incredibly. Miracle after miracle, wonderful you know, abundance and no lack. And, and uh, we're certainly not, <laughs> you know, but we, 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 we never told anybody where what we did. And you shouldn't. You sh- never should. You should never tell anybody what you do. What, where you give, or what you gave, or why you gave, any of it. Let God see that in secret, and he'll reward you openly. And I put these things together, and one of the concerns that I had, I don't know why, I'll just finish this up here, was that the organization could only use the monies that were given according to what the organizational mandate was for that nonprofit status. So if you're a religious teaching center, then you know, someone in your congregation um, has no food, single mom of three kids, and they're just, you know, they're, she's between jobs and hardship. You can't give her money. You can't give her money. It can't come out of, well, you can give her money out of your own pocket, but you can't give her money from the church fund. And I thought, okay. And then, also, if there's like a missions group or something like that, where people are going to, you know, help build a school or whatever the case is, you had to use separate fundraising events and you had to raise money. The organization could be involved in that, but they had to raise money specifically for that event. It couldn't come out of the church funds in any way because the, essentially, I mean, that would be, that would be misappropriation, right? Because you only have the not-for-profit status in this very, very narrow sliver of the mandate that you've applied for. And anything left or right of that is a misappropriation of that. And so that's one of the things that I looked at. And when I was looking at the separation of the kingdom of God and, and the church, one of the areas that I realized was the kingdom of God is unrestrained. The kingdom of God has no restraints on it. I mean, everyone who was of a willful heart was bringing an offering onto the Lord. And if you're not of a willful heart, and don't have a, don't bring an offering onto the Lord. But involving the government in it, I just, I became very, very concerned. And it answered a lot of questions that I'd had, it just sort of in the back of my mind at that time. And it answered them. And I know that when there's a situation where... um. Uh, the church and the world <clears throat> come in conflict. The church is bound, duty bound, to obey the lands. Uh, We're to obey authority. We're to pray for those in authority. We're to obey the laws of the land. We're to do these things unless they come in conflict with the kingdom. And when they come in con- con, uh, conflict with the kingdom, then we have to obey the kingdom. So I mean this is why this is why you have there's been many many cases in history of martyrs and and people these are people who were in no way um dissident or they were in no way uh um um def- Ugh, wrong word it isn't the fact that they were they were um um creating or causing unrest it's just simply that they're Beliefs came in conflict with the king or with the rulership or with the authority at that time. And when that happens, we have to go with the kingdom. We have to go with the king of kings. We have to follow that mandate regardless of the consequences. And many, many, many times in history, those consequences have been horrific for the church, for individual believers. There's no doubt about that. That's the foundation of all the martyrs. Okay? Um... That uh, persecution that comes uh, is usually at a point at which the established organization, the established uh, whether it be religious or political or social norm at that time, is in conflict with um, the kingdom, with the the rulership of the Lord in our hearts. And of course, there's always going to be that blowback because of that. There's going to be a there's going to be a reaction to that, and we have to always in every case um follow the kingdom rule. But you can't do that if you've how can you do that if you've bound yourself to the government. I mean, give unto God what is God's, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. I mean, the church should not be in my opinion uh, not not for profit. There's no way. We we shouldn't be. And we should be I'm not saying that the church should run like a business. I'm saying that the church should run like the kingdom of God. And that if, if if taxes are needed to be paid and land taxes and taxes on whatever structure buildings, whatever you own, and you pay those taxes, God will pay those. He will provide for that. God never, never, <laughs> he never calls a man to, he never calls a man to something and then he doesn't provide. He provide your provision is in your area of calling. So if you're, uh, if you're there and you're doing something and there's no provision, you weren't called to it. You know, the old story, some, some are sent and some went. So, I mean, God will provide in your place of appointment. He will provide. We're citizens of heaven and ambassadors in the earth. The ambassador does not have to provide his own means. No, no you know, government has ever sent a, an ambassador to another country and then said, okay, so while you're there, you know, the provisions of what you need are based upon you. Our provisions come from the, the supply and the abundance and the, and, the, and the awesome giving hand of our Father of Lights, okay? So um, I thought it was going to be a short side road, um, but it's uh, it turned out to be something longer. Um, I don't actually have time to get into what I was going to get into. So we will see you next time on His Light and Life. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.